Hello, my name is Anthony Esser. And my name is Miles Woodfield, and welcome to our podcast, Better With You. Here, we bring together people from all walks of life to dive deep into unique stories of how friendships can shape and guide us for the better. A good friend is family that you find along the way. I actually didn't like him when I first met him. <laughs> anyway. It's beautiful to have friends. So you're pretty much the greatest friend I've ever had. Aww. I am always curious. I mean, the whole point of this is to talk about friendship, right? Right. And I think a large part of friendship, as most people would agree, is the support of the people who are in your life, whether it be emotionally, financially, or um, spiritually. Sure, I think that's part of it. Do you think it's a big part of it? Yeah, I think it's a big part of it. Um, yeah. Okay. So if thank you. So if you do think it's a big part of it, then I would ask you, how do you support your friends and how do your friends support you? Um yeah, I mean that's a good question. I think that there's like a lot of different kinds of support. Um depends on like the state of the friendship. Like we can support each other in really like small ways, like I remember when we were in college, you hated to go to meals alone. And so regardless of whether we had already eaten our lunch or dinner or used our meal points, you were like, "Eh, I'm going to buy you dinner anyway. Just like come with me. And you just like took us along. And so I think there's like little things like that. that. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. I am, I'm with you. I am terrified of being alone. Um, So, so we can support each other and like silly things like that, like hanging out and, and whatever, but, um, I also have leaned on you when I feel like, um, you know, nobody else can like handle, you know, something that I need to vent about or process or get off my chest. I guess like then how do you expect your friends to help you? Yeah. I mean, that's changed a lot too. Right. So, um, when we were in college, like, (laughs) well okay when I was I remember when I was really young I used to like want to trade uh trade like lunch food with people all the time and so like I had expectations then (laughs) to a certain level I know I'm such a mooch and then when uh when I was in college there was ways in which I needed to like talk through a lot of things kind of like that finding of self you know and everything and and so I expected like my really good friends to be there um as a support in those moments. Um, but now I have a wife, you know, and a kid. And so we kind of lean on each other. And so the functions that my friends serve now are, are different, but, um, they definitely still support me. And, um, I think that support is always changing depends on where you are in life and the, the kinds of friends that you surround yourself with. So can I tell a fun story about you? Please do tell my, my favorite story about Tony supporting me is when my first daughter was born and usually when a friend uh hears that you have a baby they'll send you a fruit basket uh, a jello mold uh, a card maybe a little stuffed winnie the pooh no 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 tony uh moved into my house (laughs) for three months and lived with me uh from two days before Ruby was born until she was about two and a half months old. And um, 
you know, help change diapers, help uh, do dishes, help, you know, going back and forth in the hospital when we were in there and, um, you know, just serving the human needs that we couldn't even think about because my wife and I were having our first kid and we were both out of work and we didn't have any idea what the heck we were doing and just scared to death and just having a good friend there was really helpful. Um, That being said, I also really lean on you for um, uh, intellectual advice and for kind of sage wisdom. And I think that that is the main reason that you are now Ruby's godfather. Because as much as I think I know what I'm doing, I trust you more than I trust myself with a lot of these things. So if I ever go away, I want you to help Ruby in that development. Um, Today's interview is largely talking about trust. And it's talking about how people depend on each other and how we can rely on each other and how, and where the limits to that are. Uh, we interviewed my friend Burgundy, who used to live next to me when I lived in the city, and uh, she's just a great person and really vibrant and just a, a, a joy to talk to. Let's get into it. Burgundy was my neighbor for three years in inner city Columbus, Ohio. The neighborhood was wildly diverse, with people from all over North America coming to live and work. My family and I eventually moved away from the city. There was a shooting in our shared front yard. Burgundy stayed in the city, not wanting to uproot her son, who was in high school. We began our interview talking about the thing that we always had in common, a love of alcohol, and the conversation quickly turned to her friend and cousin, who she calls Pooter. That's my cousin Pooter. Her name is Pooter. I know, it's <laughs> it's a strange nickname. Man. <laughs> I'm on the wrong line of work. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Um, She's definitely heavy business minded, very straightforward to the point. The nickname like that she is? Mm-hmm. So she, uh, I assume you call her that. She doesn't get called that. Well, it's a family nickname. Okay, okay. It's a family nickname. Like, if you were to say that and she didn't know you, it would be a, it would be an issue. I, yes, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so when when her uh, son went away, was that, was that difficult for you guys? Um, I, to a degree. A little bit, but it was more of a proud moment. Sure. You have a future because her thing was is you're not just gonna sit around. You have to have a future. You have to have you have to have a plan. Yeah. You're not just gonna get a job. We're not just doing that. You're not just gonna jump into the work field because it's a trap. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's a way for your life to despair. You're either gonna go to school and work or you're gonna go into the service. And she was really diligent on talking to her kids about their future, mm. future plans, how you can set yourself up. Even if you go to the military, you know what I mean, they'll pay for your schooling. You know, she they were working to maybe they didn't know if he had certain health issues or not. Even if you do, you got benefits for life, you got health care for life. There's so many great benefits to going to she was very concerned about her son's futures. And um, she's definitely worked very hard and moved to a very good school district to make sure they had a bright future. So she was not about to let her hard work go to waste. True. So she, so he went ahead, took her advice. She got him into service. Um, was there was there ever any difficult times in your friendship, or has it always been kind of hunky dory? Um, no. Cuz is raw and uncut. She says it like we um come from a tough love family um there's no babysitting sink or swim mm. and i hope while you're sinking you figure it out before you hit the bottom um 
We, <laughs> they will like it. Like I would say this: if I were to become homeless right now, my son could go to my mom's house. Yeah, I'm gonna have to figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? They'll let me store maybe my stuff. I might be able to store my stuff at someone's house, but just come and live, Mm-mm, baby. You gotta figure that out. You're grown. So, cause is you know what I mean? Very. I know who you are. I know your potential. So earlier I mentioned that you lived with me and Carrie, Carrie and I, uh, when Ruby was being born and um, I was the first person out of any of us to get married or to have a kid. So when we first had Ruby, it was a big moment of stress and anxiety for me. And, uh, you know, I know that you were, you were dating, but you weren't even married then. So how, how would you interpret that situation as a friend and, and as, as my moment of crisis, like your support of, of me in that moment? I didn't, I'm the oldest in my family and, uh, I have like a little brother, but never, um, you know, had, had a brother really growing up cause he's so much younger than me. And, and I felt like being invited in, into some of those like big life moments that you were having then, um, specifically the life moment of having a child, um, it, it was like an honor, you know, it kind of solidified our feeling of like feeling like we were, we were each other's family. And, um, but it was like a learning process for me to figure out, you know, what is it, what is, what do they need, you know, and, and how do you support friends? And, and that was changing because like I mentioned earlier, how our, you know, the support that I get from my friends changed as I got married and had kids and, and grew up a little bit, you know, you had just gotten married and you were having a kid and, um, you know, it, it was interesting living with you and I, and I hope that I helped, but it was also a little tense because like, yeah, that's not, you know, to have a friend come and just like be all up in your face in that kind of moment is not what most people, um, would figure as support. So it was a little bit of a growing, uh, learning, uh, well, there was a little bit of a learning curve there, but, um, well, to be fair, we didn't have any idea what the hell we were doing. So having a person... Having a, having a fourth person living with us in our tiny one-bedroom apartment <laughs> made sense to us. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we were all kind of making it up as we went along. Um, I I think friendships in, in those kind of moments, they're, they're still reciprocal. You know, I mean, now that I have a young child, I think back to those moments. Uh, some of the nerves, you know, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to take care of this? And I thought back and I said, well, if Miles and Carrie can do it and they made it through, then, then I think we can too, you know, and they... And they dealt with it, and in in maybe even Fairly. more difficult circumstances, and and so um, you know, going through things like I, you know, yeah, I benefited a lot from those experiences too, and and learned a lot from you in your fatherhood. So um, yeah, it was a privilege, it was an honor, and it was a learning experience, um, and I feel like it drew us closer together, which is always, you know, I feel awesome to have a close friend like you. I completely agree with that. Let's get get back into it. Yeah. Burgundy is known for her bluntness, a skill that I would definitely call realness. She commented on her cousin having a similar approach to language, and I asked if this ever causes problems in the relationship. Sometimes we get into it about her delivery. You know what I mean? Sometimes we go through that, or sometimes maybe I'll say stuff because I can also be the same way. Very straightforward, raw and uncut, and I don't always mean to be so brash and be so harsh. Um, 
sometimes it's for a lack of lack of better term or a lack of better expression than to just come out or sometimes when it comes out it's like ah that was too much my bad it's already escaped my face right. i don't know what else to say so yeah yeah it's not it's some it, it, it's had its rocky moments but it's i don't feel like it's ever gone to a place that we can't come back from there's definitely i don't feel like there's been any violation on the friendship so do, do you think that's because you're kind of both the same delivery system like, like like i know that she's not trying to piss me off or hurt me here because I, I talk the same way and that's the reason that i feel like i know her heart i know that she's um i trust her i feel that her opinion comes from a good place even if her words don't match <laughs> her delivery you know what sure. i mean even if her words and her delivery don't match exactly you know what i mean the most warm place um we kind of both come from about the same background so we know kind of that's kind of like the way you know what i mean our family is um and i hate to say it with her being my older cousin she's about she's got me by about eight years seven or eight years so she's definitely been right more than she's been wrong so and there are some times where it's like i'll sit back and try to think i think about it without with just reason and logic and not having my feelings in it and it's just kind of like <sighs> damn it she was right yeah <laughs> damn it she was right yeah. so yeah i do feel like she has an opinion that she can trust and she does have my first she does have my best interest in mind i've always admired burgundy's industriousness she is constantly trying to self-improve she is never satisfied with her job her relationships or even her friends i decided um i decided last year about Maybe about like when my birthday came in because I feel like my birthday is my personal new year. Mm -hmm. Some things gotta change. Good. I need to change things. I need to change company. Yeah. I need to change people. And my world was changing around me and I was blessed enough to destiny, world, thing, um, chain of events brought certain family members in my life. Just, I just kind of changed my circle around and I feel like I have more positive things going on. So when, when do you know when it's good to cut a friend or a family member out of your life versus like keeping uh, an unhealthy relationship going. Is there like a litmus test that you have for it or is it just sort of like an um, intuition? If I can't trust you, trust is a big thing with me. Mm -hmm. um, if I can't, if we, if we, if I can't have a disagreement with you, and you just tell all my deepest, darkest secrets. Petty. Like that, yeah, it's like petty, like wow, like we, <laughs> Got into it over a bag of chips. You, you're fucking up everything. Yeah, you're messing up everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, things of that nature or lying. That um, something that I have to admit to myself that really freaks me out about a person, because I have no understanding of it, is if you lie to me about nothing for no reason. Um, whether it's just fronting or you pretending like something is something that it's not, or um. Just basically perpetrating a fraud yeah. or just lying about stuff to me that you don't have to lie about. I would rather you tell me that's none of your business or I don't want to talk to you about that. Yeah. And you just be, be like, oh, okay. Because you're grown, you're an adult. If you tell me some of my business, it's none of my business. I, I, I've noticed that people too. Like, like, it's like little things all the time. Like, like if, if you have yeah. like, like a big thing that you're trying to hide, yeah, we can kind of work through that. You know, there's a reason you're trying to hide that. But if it's like little things every day, 
there's something pathological there that needs to be addressed. That's and scary. That's scary to yeah. me. I find that that it freaks me out. I think it's scary. Like that's like you you telling me that you brought your like your brother a five thousand dollar car, but two weeks ago you just borrowed twenty dollars from me. What's going on here, man? Like, we closed our discussion as I always closed his discussions with asking what it means to be a friend. Real quick, um, I'd like to close out with kind of uh, the same question, and I'd ask you, what does it mean for you to be a friend to somebody else? Um, I try. I really do try, and sometimes I fall short, and if a person calls me on it, I have no problem saying it. Um, I think a great thing in a relation, in a friendship, and in a relationship, but we said friendship, admit when you are wrong own up to it i think that's very and apologize i think that's very very important communication be who you are say how you feel and don't say it to everybody else say it to that person even if you have to rehearse it in the mirror even if you have to think before you speak be honest be who you are you can never a person can't really get to know you for who you are and be a real friend if you know who the hell they're talking to or they're being a friend to um yes that admitting communication admitting when you're wrong so i have on many occasions many many occasions referred to you as a brother and having also my only other sibling be my biological brother that title comes with a bit of gravitas and i uh do not dole out that title lightly there are very few people in the world who i would bestow that upon like knighthood um i also know that on many occasions you have called me the same thing and considering that you have a brother as well i wonder how do you distinguish between a friend and a brother because in my point this one time in my life you are my family and i believe that i am part of your family as well and i just I'm wondering, how do you differentiate between the two? Yeah, I mean, that's something that, you know, that's a title that people give their really good friends sometimes is, is chosen family. Um, and uh, and we've talked about that a lot this episode, this, yeah, feeling like we're a brother and being in each other's, like, big moments of life and stuff. Um, I think that's part of it when you come in, when you come into somebody's life in in big moments and in a big way, not just kind of at a party or celebration, but being, you know, living with them as they go through, you know, the birth of their child or, um, or staying in touch for, for such an incredibly long time. Um, but I, I think that there's a, you know, another thing that distinguishes our friendship and the friendship I have with other people, I kind of consider that same chosen family is, you know, I've, I've said to them, I love you before. And, uh, and, that's kind of maybe intense still to some people, but I, you know, I consider loving somebody as, as willing their good and really wanting, um, the best for that person. And I think even if we don't want to admit it to ourselves, a lot of our friendships are still a little utilitarian. You know, if things go south and they're not benefiting us more than they're costing us, then we're always asking ourselves, like, is this worth it? I'm just going to not be in this relationship anymore and i've certainly done that with with friendships that i've had it was fun we had a good time maybe they were even a support at some point but um it either became toxic or was just too much work and at a later point in my life where i didn't want to invest the work um but i think when you're when you have a friend who 
just has that unconditional love and, and goodwill from you um, no matter what, and that that's not going to change, even if you're getting nothing out of it perceivably for a while. Um, you know, I mean, you can talk about that, you know, relationships should be as reciprocal as possible, but, but that's not the thing that's going to, you know, it's not going to cause you to walk away from, from the relationship. Um, and there's, I think a lot of other things, you know, you go to them, yeah, you go to them for, for advice and, and different things, but that would be the biggest thing is that unconditional love. Yeah. And, and, and like when I see my brother, my biological brother in real life, I hug him and I say, I love you. Even though there's, you know, we're both dudes. Um, we've gotten past all that you know, dudeness, and um, you know, when I see you, I hug you and I say, "I love you." And um, you know, love for me is um, not only willing to good, but also willing to sacrifice for that good. And there is a, there's, I'm sure that it's for you too, but for me, it's a much, it's a strong driving force in love is to is to to try to be better for the sake of the people who you're around and when i think of myself as a husband as a father as a as a, as a friend the, the the love that i feel um compels me to improve myself in order to become better so when i think of you and i think of you know someday i'm going to meet your uh i already met your daughter obviously but um you know someday i'm going to i'm going to talk to your daughter when she's um, you know, older and more, more, more uh, verbal, and she's gonna, she's gonna come to me with advice or with questions about, you know, who I am or my, or her father. And when I answer them, I have to be a good, solid, upstanding man in order to make sure that I'm living out my duty and my calling as a friend. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's true. Yeah. Um... Well, I'm getting teary just thinking about this. <laughs> So I will, <laughs> so gonna I will like wrap so the, heavy. All right. I will I will gonna, I will wrap this up by gonna, saying I love you. Yeah. I love you too. Will, and uh, I'm gonna get you. back to my beer now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go drink stronger stuff than that. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh lord. Okay. <laughs> no, it's been it's been great listening to your conversation with Burgundy and uh, and talking to you about this. So next time we yes. gotta like I don't know. We're gonna talk about some some dude stuff i don't know what the hell that is but... red bull and polka next time that's all it's gonna be <laughs> oh god okay <laughs> sounds right. good sounds like right. a thanks plan for, thanks for thanks for being here sounds good bye better with you is hosted by anthony esser and miles woodfield with help from pat hicks and our creative producer sarah bisha music in this episode is by our co-host miles woodfield on the mandolin A special thanks to Andy Bisha and New Radio Media. Today's episode was produced by Miles Woodfield. If you like this show, remember to give us a review on iTunes and follow us on social media at Better With You Podcast. Thanks for listening. Making this podcast is a lot of fun and is always better with you.